Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered. Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it. Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five. Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side. It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning. It's Rich, and I'm here with James. It's time to listen to One this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Bang. It feels so good to be back. What's going on, y'all? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I just did the raw dog shit. Anyway, welcome back to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Not much. Um, very happy to be here. Blessed to be back. And it's One Nation Radio, goddammit. And, you know, <laughs> man, I said I would explain, uh, you know, the hiatus uh, when we came back. We haven't done a show since the uh, Revolution preview, and it was, uh, I came down with COVID-19, and I had a fairly difficult battle i would say um there are people i think that got it worse than me uh for sure um but i did indeed uh spend time in the hospital i spent uh, about two weeks by myself like a little more than two weeks i haven't seen my wife since um march 12th and i um miss her a lot and i'm gonna see her today i'm gonna she's coming home finally today so uh, you already know what it's about to be. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, um, it was it was really one of the most difficult things of my life. Um, I'm glad that, you know, I had the support of my family and my friends. And, you know, some of you guys that knew um, that, that listen, uh, you guys support as well. Why why we hadn't done a show. I told a couple of you guys, um, you know, in, in private. And um, I, I was just really you know, it opened my eyes a lot, you know, to a lot of stuff. And 
I I don't want to say it was good for me to get COVID or anything, but like I've suddenly just got like this new lease on life. Uh, just looking at everything like so much more positively and appreciating everything while I'm here. And I've been on a musical fury like the last I probably say five days. Like talking just dozens of beats made and new songs uh, to come and, and a mixtape that's coming out of nowhere or whatever. I've been sending James stuff and reinvigorated myself musically. Um, I've, I feel like I've just like, um, like I said, I got a new lease on life and I, you know, just missed doing one nation radio a lot. I did my first show back with Floyd Friday night. If you guys want to check it out, uh, called the, you know, and he called me the King of the victory lap, which is fucking hilarious by the way. Um, and but this this is my home. Uh, this is One Nation Radio. This is you know the the flagship, the the longest running show, and you know no one's gonna do it like us. And I you know I hope you guys like you know obviously I I would assume you guys understand why we didn't do shows, but we're glad to be back, and I'm glad to be back here with James. I was in constant communication with him uh, the whole time. Uh, shout out to Jeremy. Shout out to Dan. Uh, Josh number two. Josh number one. Uh, Jamie. My mom, my wife, my grandmother, Alex, everybody that just, you know, that, that cared for me and the doctors that that uh, gave me this experimental drug. It was called like Bam Lanny V Bam or some shit like that. And um, I was in the hospital, I want to say, for five hours on a Monday. I ended up having like a panic attack one day where I couldn't breathe and I was on the floor for like 15 minutes. It felt like I was fighting a motherfucker like Wardlow and Braun Strowman combined. And it was just like, stay down. Like, it would, and then I would easily get winded um, as soon as I would stand up. And it would, you know, I had no appetite for a lot of, a lot of um, you know, for I probably say like a week and a half, I had no appetite. I was just drinking juices and uh, vitamin waters and just trying to, you know, keep as many fluids in, in me as, as I could. But um, it was very difficult, but. I made it through. I'm blessed and I'm, you know, feeling, you know, pretty good and look out for that, that new music. This is the best music I've ever made in my life. Like, I feel, I don't know, James, if you'd agree, but, um, I'm, it's a high bar. It's a high bar. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm ready, like just to attack, um, everything right now like everything when it comes to like the podcast uh you know working with with different people you guys are going to start seeing more guests come on the show uh and just more collaboration because you know one thing i i was really feeling and i expressed this to james um you know before i I started watching all these rap documentaries and just feeling like yo i don't want to do all this stuff alone anymore like i don't want to just like you know be my own just creative things like i need the collaboration i don't you know i need the um the reaching out to different people and uh and, and just you know i feel like i've learned to listen more um i had a new barber cut my hair yesterday and it took so long because we were just talking about each other's lives to each other and it was just it was incredible quite frankly so um look for higher quality audio look for higher quality everything uh from me yeah, man. Like, I, I don't know how to really speak on it because obviously you just, you know, put everything in there um, quite well, better than I could ever say. But, like, I don't, you know, you you kept saying a couple times that, like, it we had constant communication. And people think that we, like, had some falling out or something? Um, nah, it's just, you know. Okay. Just, I mean, just, I, like, I don't know because the way you put it was like, where people were like, well, where's, where's Rich? Where's James? Like, nah, it's just like, 
I didn't do a show. Like I could have done a show, but I was like, nah, I'll, I'll leave that as something for Rich to, you know, want to do as motivation to like get healthier, that sort of thing. Like, yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, I'll just, you know, do this thing and move on. And he listened to the show and be like, you know, and then just listen to it and, you know, feel however he feels like, nah, like come back to the show and we can do this shit. So, yeah. um, that's, that's kind of why we didn't do a show, uh, whatever. And I mean, it's funny because like, it used to be times earlier in the show, earlier in the, in the show's run where like, there will be gaps of like a month or something like this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, this is the first gap we've really had in like years, three, four or five years, something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it was kind of weird not doing the show or whatever else for a while, but you know, uh, but we're here now. So like, we'll, you know, we'll recap some of the stuff. Um, and then like, there will be format changes in the future going forward. Like the show will not be, we will not have like these four near four hour marathons that we've been having in, um, at times. But like, I feel like we have a better show to give y'all, um, because of, because we'll be able to fit more into it and less meandering and stuff, whatever. So we can, uh, we'll come up with more fun things. So, um, that's, 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 uh, that's something to look forward to. Uh, so yeah, man. Um, I guess we move on from there. Uh, I guess we got to talk about it. You put it on the thing. I wasn't even thinking about it, but yeah, Roy Williams, head coach, North Carolina, ended up retiring um, the other day. Uh, it, it, I'm a Carolina fan. Rich is a Duke fan. I'm a Yankees fan. Rich is a, uh, a Red Sox fan. It's kind of funny that we're best friends. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. When Roy, like Roy Okada, Williams, I like Omega. You know all that. I mean. But. Yeah, like as far as favorites out of those two, yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, that's that's also counts. Um, yeah, I uh, Roy Roy is a big deal. Like I'm a Carolina fan. I was born 1987. Um, I grew up loving Michael Jordan as much as everybody else did, and I was like, he went to North Carolina. I'm a North Carolina fan. It was that simple. Um, I was alive and watched when you know <laughs> Eric or uh, I'm say Eric, but uh, Chris Webber t- called timeout and choked away the national title game to Carolina with Eric Montrose on that team. So I remember that. I remember, like, that's really cool. But um, for me, like, I grew up, like, my North Carolina fandom pretty much kind of really starts at, like, the Jerry Stackhouse or Sheet Wallace team. Um, like, for real, as far as, like, following the team on a, on a consistent basis. Um, so, you know, a couple years after that, you have uh, Dean Smith retiring, his longtime assistant, Bill Guthridge, ends up um, coaching three years. He gets sick of that shit, and he leaves up to Matt Doherty, gives the keys to Matt Doherty. Matt Doherty wrecks the fucking car. And it's funny to look back and retrospect because they actually, when Doherty laid it down in 2000, they actually went to Roy when he was at Kansas at the time. And, and you know, he had it up and running by that point in time. Um, he had made, I think, uh, two. He Final definitely fours? had made Final Four in like '03 for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like even by then, like remember he took that job over for Larry Brown after Larry Brown left for the NBA and also pro- probation. So, mm-hmm. I you know he gets there in '89 and then by the I think that by the time they get a '91 or '93 they make a Final Four and they made two in the '90s and they made um uh, he made four at Kansas he made four Final Fours of Kansas and Kansas I know that much but he had up and running. He was Kansas coach for as long as he, he wanted to be there for life by that point in time. He said no. And then the door the Doherty run happened. And he crashed the car. And then they come back to him again. And he takes the job that time. And it was funny because, like, he had just made a national championship game mm-hmm. and lost. And then he goes to Carolina and, and, and leaves Carolina. Um, two years later, he's back in the national championship game. He ends up winning. Um... He is a winning four three or three national championships. He makes five uh, final fours with Carolina. Um, you know, 
for a great deal of our friendship, like, Carolina was whooping Duke's ass. Like, it, it just was. Like, it changed after 2012. Um, once uh, Team USA started happening, and, and Shashevsky was like, I can't do what I do better than Roy right now. I have to do the, the one-and-done thing. Um, and he did the great success. Uh, y'all won a title in, uh, was it 2015 or, th- or 13? 2015 as well 15. as uh, 2010. I think that was it. 10 is like the last, like, K title doing it the K way, in yeah, my opinion. I, I, a special, a special, special team for me. Yeah, because that's the sing. That's a singular. Uh, that's a, the three yeah. S's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I remember that. I was like, I can't believe that team won. I had no idea they were going to win, but whatever. Uh, so, you look at you look at um, Carolina now, like, and we talked about this. It's kind of funny because I want to say around the time people start. You know, start getting edgy because, like, wow, Carolina has made the Final Four in three years. <laughs> What's going on here? Um, I remember saying to you, I remember having a conversation with you. I was actually sitting in the parking lot of a of a, of a Walmart, actually, and I said, like, there's gonna be people that are gonna start whispering about maybe Roy should hang it up, and I think that's bullshit. Uh, but like, if they hire somebody, it's gonna be end up being somebody in the family, you know, like. Yeah, Dean Smith, and then it ends up being his assistant coach. It ends up being a, a person that played for for for, for Smith, and then it ended up being Roy, who was assistant in the eighties. So, hey, how about Rasheed Wallace? Rasheed Wallace, um, I think he's coaching the NBA somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know or he, he was. was he had an assistant job. He was assistant for the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, the names that are co- that come out are. It's funny because I actually said this name at the time. Uh, I said like. The person that may get the job may be Wes Miller, who was um, a backup point guard for, like, the... He was on the national championship team in 05. He played with, like, the Ray Sean Terry, Tyler Hansborough freshman year team. See, I think he I think his last year was 07. 07. So, um, but I said, like, he had, he's not far enough along in his career now or whatever else. Well, it's now five years or six years ago. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's actually at, uh, I think it's... One of the UNC slash is not Chapel Hill. Can't remember if gotcha. it's Asheville or if it's uh, Central. Not Central. Definitely not Central. Central HBCU. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he is uh, – I actually looked at his record the other day. Like, it's a pretty good record. Like, they won a bunch of conferences or whatever else. Uh, there's also, you know, you know Stack. Stack is actually uh, yeah. at Vanderbilt. He was um, – I don't know if he wants that job because I remember originally he wanted to be a head coach in the NBA and then like he just took this job after being an assistant and also a G League head coach. So I don't know. But I mean there's a few people to there's a few other names. Um I mean it could also be Hubert Davis who's been, you know, on the staff since two thousand twelve. So I mean, there's options if they want to go in house route. I think Carolina's a big enough job to where like it, it would behoove you to do due diligence outside of the family. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Um, but I would like, because honestly, I would like them to get out of the the Duke Carolina role of just like, we're going to get all these dudes that are, have no ambitions of getting to the league or have ambitions to get into the league, but you have to develop them over three years to get, the re, you know, the, the, the fruit of that labor. Like, it's like it's cool to have Tyler Zeller as a, be really good, damn fucking good as a or as a all ACC player as a junior and senior. But like, 
that labor pain of having to watch him come off the bench or stink during a soft as a sophomore. Like I can't. That that's really rough. That's really really rough. Um, Marcus Page, another example of of uh, someone like that. Like you experienced I that. I saw like, a great. I saw a great video with Marcus Page from Roy Williams. I retweeted it. It was just like. It, it just showed me the effect Roy Williams had on you know lots of his players. Yeah, and I, I always respected Roy Williams, like even from Kansas. You know, um, I think that you know it, it's rough because these are our, our legendary coaches that we grew yeah. up with, and they're they're all about to start dropping like flies. I think. I think. I was talking with I was talking with Julian. He was like, "K yeah. is next." Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, man, he's going he gonna to lay it down and stop dyeing his hair. And then it's going to be like, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, but, actually, I forgot Bayheim, uh, but like Bayheim's oh, yeah. not that level of K or Roy. So it's, that, it's, a, little, it's a little different. Um, like you, I think Roy is wildly underrated. And I understand why he's wildly underrated, because like the things that people talk about as far as. You, you evaluate a coach based off the things that you can see. So, like, in-game strategy and adjustments. Oh, it, yeah. Royal will come out there and get his doors blown off and, well, and not call timeout. What was it? Yeah. The, uh, what, oh, it was a Final Four against Kansas. Yeah. Yes. It was like, what is happening here? Yeah. Like, call timeout, Roy. Don't sit yeah. in a shell shock that you, that you see your, ex, your dead ex-wife there. Like, you, you, you had a week. But, no. W- like, was that a cuckolding? Oh my god! <laughs> I guess I don't know, but I think the thing for me, like that—that's absolutely true. But I think the thing that's overlooked with Roy is like Roy is—if he was a football coach, I don't think he gets that same type of uh, criticism. Um, especially like coaches from the that coach in the eighties and nineties. Like it's just because he's not Dean Smith. He wasn't first. <clears throat> But I mean, Dean Smith had the same exact uh, foible or the same exact misstep. It's like, look, we have a system. Run the system. If it doesn't work, you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Play harder. Like that's that, that is the, the adjustment is play harder. Like more times than not, play harder. All five of y'all come y'all sit not, by me. I was just about to mention it. Y'all not playing hard enough in this Duke game, and it looks uh, and it looks rough. All right, all y'all sit. All you five star All Americans, McDonald's All Americans, sit down. Ben, hey, all of y'all walk-ons, come in and all five of y'all come in and play for like five minutes until I yell at these dudes until they get their ass back in there. And they would, it would work more times than not, right? So, mm-hmm. like, there is a – I absolutely get that situation. There's also another situation I remember, but this was – it's kind of unfair because, like, Kendall Marshall just broke his hand, so he was out. So that's when they had the freshman Stillman uh, – uh, or Stillman White as point guard, and they end up at the end of that game against Kansas in the eight, Elite Eight. They end up throwing like boxing one at them out of nowhere in like last like five minutes and like triangle and two. So it's like they weren't expecting that, but whatever. Like they weren't supposed to win that game. Their point guard that ran everything broke, broke his hand and missed. So, but whatever. So, like, you but you look at Roy and you look at it, it's like, all right, three national championships, nine final fours over what, 33 years. Like, like he's one of the all time. I think he's. I think he's in the top four all time in wins. Mm-hmm. Like when he got to Kansas, it was off probate. It was just off probation off Roy Williams, and he got him. He made four Final Fours with them. Took Carolina when it was in the when it was. I mean, it had young recruit had McCants and Felton in, in May in that class. I'm not gonna lie, but like they fired they fired Doherty because them kids like they were from the transfer. So yeah. at that time. <clears throat> 
Yeah, yeah you know, so, I always you know, I always told you like Carolina wasn't the team that like I disliked really. It mm-hmm. was Maryland or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like so like Roy Williams, I you know, I don't have no no problem right. with Roy Williams. Like I, I saw like some beautiful, beautiful tributes like coming out to him and um he would show up uh to NBA games for players like Kobe White. Yep. Um the Marcus Page thing is especially touching. If you haven't seen that, yeah. go out of your way and see it. Yeah. I mean and, and you know, it's <laughs> But I just I just want to point out like he is one of the he is one of the like I don't want to say Mount Rushmore that, that might be too high but like all right compare his resume to Bobby Knight's mm. Mm. who made who made more Final Fours mm. you know what I'm saying like so it, so it's one of those like Roy, Roy uh, didn't have to choke those kids either right <laughs> right so um so shout out to him I'm gonna miss him dearly. He is my coach. Like, I mean, I love Dean Smith and everything, but like, he's he's for my age, for, for my age range. Like, Roy is the coach. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm I'm, I'm a dearly miss him or whatever else. So I'm I just move on from there. I'm just glad we got him as an active coach in the Last Dance, so he could like put on that Roy Williams charm, oh, yes, and like and and, and and build the legend of Michael Jordan. Like that shit was fucking hilarious. Yes, yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember telling you at the time, like Roy's been waiting 35 years to tell these stories to somebody, yeah, or on camera anyway. So, um, so yeah, I guess we move on from there. Big, big major free agent, um, Andrade leaves. <laughs> Um, with ask for his request it and gets then it gets it and there's no 90 day no compete clause all you know what that like sounds a week like or a week and a half you know what that sounds like what? something happened something Uh-oh. either something racist, racist happened something <laughs> some something happened that they were like you know what it ain't even worth the fight yeah yeah i mean i mean I'm we're, just, look, we're now wild speculation but right right you know, right but don't I mean, take but, me serious. Yeah, yeah, like we're two, we're two about two weeks out from that from the news. But it's like one of the premier talents in all professional wrestling is a free agent, um, and you know the world is at his feet. Like I, I believe, as far as um, if you wanted to go to, if he could pretty much go anywhere. I mean, if I'm anywhere. pretty sure if you want to go back to WWE, they let they bring him right back. I think He's he would well go liked. back one day. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I. I haven't really done too much thinking or whatever else. I haven't done the the Cody the Cody hit hit leave out WWE <laughs> list. But they, they've asked him about everybody do. already. Like oh, uh, he did? did a great interview with Hugo Savinovich. It is in Spanish, but Hugo, of course, being Hugo, he'll throw some English in there and fill you in. Okay. Also, like Lucha Blog. Um, there are a yes. couple other people translating on Twitter yes. um, that everything that was going on with it. But the Hugo Savinovich uh, interview is incredible. Uh, he's talking about all the same stuff that. People like Moxley has talked about Jericho have talked about talking about Saudi Arabia, the health stuff, the not you know really having anything to do. Um, he broke some wild shit like with Charlotte being medically suspended for being pregnant, but she wasn't. Um, he's uh, like he's obviously you know I've gushed on this show and said he's as talented as anybody that's ever entered WWE. I, I came on the show and said that, and I stand behind that. Um, he does not want to sign a contract in Mexico. Uh, as it sounds like, I think you know a good spot for him would be Ring of Honor to like be their sick because he can walk in there and be the signature top star right now of Ring of Honor, right? And then with Ring of Honor, he can be like, well, you know, I want to work other places. And would they say no? No, 
Like, <laughs> so he, he, he definitely wants to work in New Japan. They've asked him about wrestling in Kenny Omega. I think that could happen in AAA um, for the Mega Championship. And this guy is a uh, – he's one of the best guys that – you know, have ever been there. Like you, you all seen it in NXT. Uh, it's a shame that they didn't figure it out for him on the main roster. I mean, you uh, saw it on main roster. Like his <clears throat> that yeah. first SmackDown match with Ray is like still. That's one of the best TV matches we've seen in this run back since watching um, wrestling. So mm-hmm. that's like a decade. Yeah, like one of the and, handfuls. Yep. It, so it it's um it's sad to see like him. Uh, you know, I have to ask for his release. He, he was making a lot of money, uh, but eventually, like, his ambition uh, took over. He's like, man, I don't, you know, I'm healthy, man. Like, why am I back here, like, you know, uh, you know, in catering? And then you get hear stories about uh, them wanting Drew McIntyre to basically eat him up in one match and Drew refusing, being like, yo, you're too fucking good for this. I'm not doing that. And then Andrade knowing he has to leave the promotion by that point uh, because yeah. he shouldn't be treated like that. And you know they're you know it, it's a business they're gonna pick who they pick and uh everyone's not gonna be able to to rise up but like that guy's fucking special yeah. so like you figure that out with him um you figure out the language barrier or whatever um and i think he he made some interesting points um in his interview who was benefits he was like there's plenty of people they, they speak english that they don't fucking use so right it's <clears throat> you know it's it's everything we we always hear just confirmed again. Yep, yep. Uh, how does he? Is he twenty nine or something like that? He's thirty one. Thirty one. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I think the thing for me is just like I never understood why. Like I understand, you know, they sign way more people than they have room for because global domination, right? I get it. I get it. Um. But they never use people to their strengths to even prime the people they want to push the right way, right? Like, what? There's no reason that Andrade can't be a setup guy and have a hey, go go out there and, and go out there with Drew McIntyre on on his way to taking Brock Lesnar, and you go out there with him for like twelve, thirteen minutes, and you guys go kill it, right? Mm-hmm. They never do that, or not, or they rarely do that. You know what I'm saying? Like the simple things that help get. Sheamus has had there. that. Sheamus has had that role, kind of. Uh, right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but you know, Sheamus also old money at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you look at Raw, you see Lashley and Randy Orton in in um, McIntyre, who you know it's his second run back, and uh, you know Bray Wyatt, who's been around since 2014 or 13, like. That's the top of, of Raw. Um, you look at SmackDown, it's Edge, it's Daniel Bryan, it's Roman Reigns. Like, yeah. there's clearly some seniority thing going on or whatever else. I mean, but, you know, it's a key, your key vest that are still can go with it. Well, not Bray Wyatt, clearly fucking not, but you get my point. <laughs> like, the older, is is like, the more people will come in that are the newest thing or whatever else, the quicker he's he is to go to people that he has more a longer relationship with as opposed to the lifeblood of wrestling which is new matchups new programs new faces to tell new or tell different new stories with or the same stories with a newer face so it feels new it's just it's, right you know like that's the lifeblood of wrestling like that's the reason why nxt um has had its issues over the last uh 
year and change or 13 months, whatever, 14 months or whatever else, because it's like, look at all of this stuff that's still here. And we haven't like properly used, utilized it to get more acts over. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I, you know, I hope the best for him. Good. You know, for all accounts, good dude. The current, the story about, about Charlotte is absurd and wild. Um, and yeah. should just, she's not gonna be a WrestleMania because y'all failed the test. Even though that was three weeks ago. Here's an idea. You came up with Rhea Ripley three weeks ago. Undo it or whatever. Like it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. But we yeah. just move on. Um, and, and James, there's only one Horsewoman book for WrestleMania, right? Right. Now. How do you feel about this? I mean, it, I think that is you know is one of those weird time of the year things with Bailey. Um, and it's also in one in one way is vindication for for me and you. Um, another way is also like pathetic that like she you know. I thought that some of the stuff they had her do was just ridiculous, but at the same time, she did it for y'all, and then y'all do this to her. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, whatever. And it's, it's not like she wasn't putting her all into it. She clearly was. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people love, a lot of people really like that. Even you have somebody hop out the window and jump out to say that she carried the industry. Industry? Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, uh, I just, I just want to see Andrade versus Kenny Omega sometime this year. Thank you, please. I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can do the list, but you, everybody has the same list. Him and yep. him and the first AAA guys who never got a wrestling. He's a CMLL. Like him and Phoenix. Was, oh my god. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, I got a little unit for him. You like, know, that's, you the, know. <laughs> that's the crazy part about it. Is like Phoenix has been a Phoenix. And hey, they can all turn on back. Say again. They can all turn on pack and then, you know, <laughs> have to fight each other. La Raza. Like, yeah. I think the craziest thing about about this is, like, think of how they've pretty much unleashed Pentagon in, in um, Phoenix since October, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so dependable. They're, they're, in my opinion, they're my favorite part of the show. Like, because they just go in there and just do, and just, just go score 50. Um, I still think Andrade is a better wrestler than Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Like, I do, it, too. In, in in terms of like like I think Phoenix is the best freestyler we got we got <laughs> in the cipher. But as far as like putting together a whole mash of like twists and turns and it's connect and it's just like so solid together. Like I I, I still put I still will take Andrade over him, which is crazy because like he's scoring fifty like every other week. And I haven't seen yeah. I haven't seen and I haven't even seen Andrade be able to do anything in like a year and a half. Like that's what's right. it's crazy, but. Um, I guess we move on to talk about Jericho being on the Austin podcast, more WWE talk. Um, Man. When does it come out? It comes out April 11th, I believe. Are you going to watch yeah. it? Of course. Okay. Um, like, I was like, wondering... this, is a land, this is a landmark moment in wrestling kind of right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, people are talking about, you know, opening the gates and they're doing the, the meme where like the guy is holding his, his, his lady's hand and he looks over the shoulder and his AEW is the man. He's looking at WWE and new Japan is the, is the, is the, uh, the missus that's like, what are you doing? Not looking at me. Like, it, obviously I don't think it's going to go that far. Cause obviously like it goes down there. It's going to come down to booking and you know how that goes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if Listen, listen to me. Hear me. Hear me. Good, Tony Khan. If you are listening, if you are setting up something for a open the doors moment with AEW and new and WWE slash NXT slash whatever, just know 
that whatever you do on the first show, your guys must go over first. <laughs> yes. Because be, oh. best believe, if you try to do some home-and-home, one-and-one type shit, right? Like, if you're trying to do 2,000, uh, if you're trying to do Ohio State versus Texas, one in the, one at the shoe, one in, one in Austin, best believe, if that first one has you going down, you will not ever get a chance to go back up. So just, right. So just, 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 unless you get it in, in, on contract, in paper, don't do it. But yeah, what do you think? Uh, what do you think they're gonna talk about? You think it's gonna be about the the whole Wednesday Night War stuff and what he's been up to the past couple of years? What do you think it's gonna be about? I think they're gonna talk about um, the Jericho leaving in 2017 and what he's been up to. Uh, and it, it's I think it's gonna be more squarely focused on Jericho rather than him being a representative of AEW at this right, point. Right. But I, I assume Jericho is going to protect himself and slip that stuff in there. Uh, the one thing to be aware of is WWE probably, or excuse me, WWE does have control over the editing process. So oh, it's not live. No, like mm-hmm. it, it's not live. Okay. So they, um, they, uh, I, I, I think both guys are supremely smart guys austin and jericho so like nothing's gonna happen where jericho gets taken advantage of so um i think for aw they probably see it as like as some ad- form of advertisement to have jericho on there to be like you know that's what you get out of this like the interview itself and kudos to vince McMahon, kudos to tony khan for making something cool happen for for the fans everyone putting their hand in to to create like a a moment to, um that is for like the legacy of wrestling like um because you know Jericho it's like you know WWE is are, are kind of the custodians of you know their own history or whatever right. right um but i think it's great that Jericho doesn't quote unquote disappear he comes back for this at least to be like okay i can talk about whatever uh, and, and frame it and that's going to live and um we'll go ahead and you know get that going there so um i think this is awesome. I hope at least to more stuff like this. I love to see Kenny Omega, you know, get inter- interviewed by Austin on there. And if this is something like a, a small way to work together, like, and I'm big on the collaboration stuff right now. Like I love s- stuff like that because if they're doing interviews and talking like that, they're not going to be building up matches, obviously. Right. And I mean, even what if they do though? Like, so, <laughs> what if like, they do though? But, but what if they do? So you have that in the back of your mind. So I think, um, I, I think this is great, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's appropriate. I think it's right. Like five, ten, fifteen years from now, if you are a wrestling fan that goes through the last, um these past 30 years of wrestling or, or since the nineties, if you order it, well, damn, that is 30 years. Um, you're going to come away and you're going to see Chris Jericho and, and like at this point, or I don't care how long he wrestled, how much, what he does with AEW, he's always going to be Chris Jericho of WWE. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's where he made his name. That's where he had his biggest moments. Uh, like this stuff is, Added, like this AEW stuff is adding is icing on the cake for his legacy, but like the damn cake is WWE, right? Mm-hmm. Like no disrespect to to ECW or War or you know or uh, Smoky Mountain or none of that, but 
he blew up. He blew up and got all his not most of his notoriety and fame working in WWE. So it makes sense that. So for me, like it's appropriate that he's back doing something or whatever else. And awesome. like, I don't hope it doesn't stop here. Like I hope Big Show is able to come back at the place he's worked for for twenty five fucking years or whatever, or not twenty five, but twenty years more or less, and and be able to do his do his stuff with Austin or whatever else, or also whatever project. Chris Jericho uh, being a master worker. He's in a contract year. He's termed himself babyface. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's going to be, um, I think, Chris Jericho is going to attempt to use this to make himself a babyface main eventer again. Um, it's going to work. And, and I think it's going to work. And, and I think we're headed for, you know, him and Kenny uh, will we'll probably hook it up back again at some point. Yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking as far as that far out, but like, this MJF inner circle thing, it's so, in my opinion, is it's, it's so hot. Like it's like it's going to work. Like Sammy and and Hager and LAX or Santana Ortiz and Jericho, like it's already in motion. Like you know they're going to just have killer promos and killer promos. They, they showed you in the um that video package thing that, or that uh that mini stadium stampede thing that they did like they have the matchups the tag matchups the the, the mid card young gun matchups yep. the uh the hoss battle the top guy like it's all there yep. it's all and there so can, like and they can mix that shit up because everybody wants that sammy mjf match still right right so um yeah man i uh but I, but yeah, it's, it's good news and like you know hopefully we see more of this stuff as more people go back and forth because like can you imagine like all this, like it'd be Cody weird with all the guys like like yeah Christian yeah Christian can't come on and do no WWE stuff like after all the stuff he did on the network with Christian Edge and stuff and nah man that's just it's goofy it's goofy like we all know they talk to each other it's just this stupid thing promotional thing like if you can get over that you can make some great content and like we'll get to it in a second but like the the life's blood of showing these deep you know, stories is going back to, you know, all these different iterations of it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Yeah. So welcome back y'all. Um, we actually had to make a little adjustment. Rich is in the car while we're doing the podcast. Uh, he has something come up, but, uh, hopefully the audio is not too bad, but, uh, yeah, we had just finished talking about Jericho. So we're going to move on to talk about, um, the Wednesday wrestling that we've missed over the last, uh, few weeks, man. Um, I feel like Wednesdays have missed us. Uh, so, I mean, lots of big AEW big picture. I think that they've had some really good shows since we uh, or whatever else. And I feel like they're, um, I feel like they're really good or really uh, far into like this next little cycle before they get to the pay per view. Um, it's actually pretty fun. Um, wh- where do you want to start off? What was the first? What are the first things that like come to your mind as far as you want to talk about as far as uh, this like what three week run of a uh, television? It, it feels kind of like they have. Um... I don't know if you, you remember, like, how, how the eight shows before Revolution were feeling. It feels like we're back to that style show right okay. now. And um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker absolutely fucking tearing the house down. Uh, I've been a Britt Baker guy since day one. I always saw the talent in her and, w- and was really happy to see her turn her career around, essentially. And then Thunder Rosa has quickly become, like, one of my, like, three to five favorite wrestlers in the world um, over the past, you know, couple months or so. And seeing her get that moment was, was just fucking awesome and incredible. And they they went in there, they wore it, they did attacks, they did blood, they did table spots, and um, they made history. And it wasn't like 
some bullshit. It wasn't like some marketing thing. Like it was the the women's evolution and revolution and shit. It was like no, these two people have a hot storyline. We're putting them on top, and the shit actually did business. And this is a big fuck you to to everyone that has talked down about the AEW's women's division. We have analyzed it on this show gave you the temperature at every uh every turn and i feel like throughout this year AEW's women's division has been incredible uh, all things considered with jade with uh the tournament with real mizunami coming in with people like kylan king and red velvet d- developing uh underneath Britt baker there Sheeta being the longest um reigning champion in the company this has been like so i don't think enough people are talking about how good the women's division has been because of the narrative that was out there from the grifters and, and the and the people that you know just haven't really actually had the best interests of of the women in wrestling there trying to make them a cause rather than respecting them as performers um i think that they've been awesome that match was like a representation of the growth chris statlander's back now and i think the sky's the limit for them and they have they have depth upon depth um going forward uh, I think the obviously the Pinnacle Inner Circle stuff's been incredible too. Um, seeing a new unit like the Pinnacle form, awesome. Uh, I, I think people are gonna you know get to see MJF in a, in, a, in a top star light. He was already a top star to me, and I think he's a guy that obviously next twenty five years they belong to him. Uh, Kenny Omega just been incredible as a world champion. He's gonna go to Impact, win their belt. Um, Christian coming in. I was negative on Christian initially. Uh, after seeing his match this week, I am not negative on Christian. I think if he can add that value and they pull back a little bit on the theatrics of like outwork everyone and just let them kind of do it, I think he's going to go a little further. And I don't mind him at all in the company, actually. I think, um, you know, everything that they've been doing, like with the trios and stuff, um, the Bucks, of course, have been lights out. Uh, Dark Elevation and Dark have just turned into like WCW Worldwide. Tons of cool matches everywhere. Some you can let play in the background or watch closely, and they're they're actually giving you development. And uh, there's there's layers upon layers of people that to be invested in. Uh, if you want to start following the journey of Kylan King, if you want to start following the journey of Lee Johnson. Speaking of Lee Johnson, the fucking Nightmare Family explodes. Uh, love it. Super hot, old school angle. Uh, QT. Also, I was a QT guy from the beginning. Vindication here. Um, he's he's it's gonna work. Him and Cody's going to be incredible. I sound like a fanboy right now, but the shows have just been that good and that strong. Every segment, them figuring it out, like booking wise. Tony Khan's gonna win Best Booker of the Year again. I'm calling it now. Um, and it's just like. It feels like it is so. Everyone's over when when they come out. Everyone's hot. I'm happy to see everyone, and it's like there's nothing that's like just like, well, why the fuck are they doing that? Yeah, um, really, really good set, set of shows. Um, I think I, I'm not I'm not really too sure on like the whole how the, the the angle that they did for pinnacle or whatever else but like whatever we're here now we're past that like they beat the hell out of them in like the promo after when they still their locker room or whatever else like that was that was great in the next week when he cut that promo that like had a lot of 
uh, Jericho of the year prior's like introduction to you know everybody that was in uh, Inner Circle. I thought that was great as well. Um, so like aside from that thing, like I like that little thing you can or you can get rid of as far as like well who to know what when when and whatever else and why is this dude like working these kind of circles when he's trying to also steal this but he's also really setting this thing on the other hand and now he really wants to war with these guys when he ultimately like that, forget that part like like that, I mean that's that's valid but like. That's valid. That's valid. <laughs> that's valid. And since then, they've done a lot of really good fucking television. So it's like, yes, you're right, but it's also a really good fucking movie, right? So, um, the the um, the Britt Baker match, I thought it was a great match. I don't love as much as everybody else. Um, and the same thing happened with the RK RK Anarchy thing. Like, I think it's a really good match, but like, I don't think it's as good as say uh, Best Friends match with uh, LAX in the parking lot. Oh, like, I, I I wouldn't say it's as good as that either. But yeah. I, I would definitely say it was probably like four and a quarter, four and a half, and then like the returns, the Orange Cassidy, uh, the the another theme song. Uh, I had never heard um, that song or that group before. And then I watched the video and I was like, man, this just fits Orange Cassidy so mm-hmm. well. I feel like the best friends have finally clicked um, for me and, and I get it. And with, with Statlander, like that's a that's a strong uh, act uh, to, to have uh, because eventually you can break it up or you can just let them ride. And, you know, AEW has all the factions. I love the factions. Give me more factions. <laughs> you can't get enough. Right. I like people having friends. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I think the thing for me is like, I didn't like that match. I didn't even, I didn't like that match. Like to four and a quarter. Like, I thought it was like, I thought it was like, yeah. Like, I, I think a lot of it is like they may be doing too many stunt matches, or, or lack of a better word, death matches, like you like to call them. Yeah. Right, between the the barbed wire exploding match, the Britt Baker Sheeta uh, match, and then or lights out match, or and Thunder, then this anar- yeah. an- anar- anarchy match. Like that was like three crazy matches like that in like the span of four weeks, something like that. So, yep. um, I I think you know I think for me it's like I kind of got worn out on it. Like I thought the best one as far as the actual work was the Omega match, and then you know the shit didn't blow up, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. but yeah, like. I, I did like the fact that Trent. I was happy and surprised by Trent coming back. I thought he was gonna be out for months. Like I thought it was some month long, super month long thing. Like I thought he had like tore a peck or or had, like he sh- did. or fucked up his shoulder. Like I was something with somebody who's gonna be on for, for months and months and months. It didn't. It didn't feel like it was that long. Or maybe he got back and you know faster than he was supposed to. But so I was happy for. I was happy for that. Um, you know, it was goofy with the whole thing. Like, you know, it's all of a sudden it turns to a three on two again, similar to uh, the backlight brawl match. Like, why can't these dudes be people on a fair whenever? Well, but whatever. Best friends, look, the best friends no do not shit. fuck around in it's, these death matches. Yeah, they, 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 they look, they are baby faces that will cheat. <laughs> they have yeah. no qualms about. Yeah, oh, you think it's a fair one? You finna get jumped. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, Trying to think what else happened. Uh, the Kenny, the Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, uh, Good Brothers, and Callus. Callus is absolutely Callis despicable. And, uh, Kingston, yeah. Um, Bro, Cal- Don Callus, absolutely despicable. Like no redeeming qualities. Just a vile human. I mean, I still yes, he is, but I do believe that he really does care about Kenny. Do you feel like he's using Kenny? Oh, not yet. Okay. Something's going to happen to where to where you know he's going to use Kenny just how he's used everyone else, and you know something's going to happen eventually, but it's not yeah. there yet. Callus yeah. is will 
Maybe they're saving. But the other way, he will turn Kenny babyface. Yeah, I was thinking maybe they're saving after the babyface turn a year, a year from now, or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I um, yeah, it, it's working really well. They, they've, you know, uh, they've, they've been able to, they've done a really good job. Well, they telling a story anyway. Forgetting the pick people that are involved, like they, I feel like they told a good story to get to where they had to where it's believable that, um. You know, they're about to have that trios match with Moxley and the Young Bucks versus Kenny and the Good Brothers. Uh, like, I don't like what they did with um, with uh, Kingston, but I get it. Like, he was supposed to be blown up and off TV, so the next week they broke his leg instead. Um, I wish they didn't break mm-hmm. his leg. I wish they had did something else, like um, something that's like, yeah, you don't come back. back. Sorry. I think I think he's coming back this week at the uh, at the house at the house show to cut a promo or to work. I think he's going to have a match. I think that they shouldn't do that. You don't recover from yeah. the leg in three weeks. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, maybe I heard my information wrong. But okay, I don't know. Okay, like I, you know, they had to do something to get. They had to do something to take him out of the picture. That was the plan all along, but they should have na- had a name for injury that would be like, okay, he's going to be on the shelf for sure. But like they say, he tore his MCL, for example, right? Okay. You mm-hmm. can be back and forth. You can be back in like a month, but like you break your leg. It's like, nah, bro, this leg, there's actually from your leg being in a cast or a boot or whatever else you got to come, you know, whatever, or yeah. they'll explain it, whatever. But I, I feel like it would have been cleaner if they said it was some injury where like, he's definitely not cleared, but he will be back, you know, um, relatively uh, in a short amount of time, right? Or they, then, before you know it, he'll be back. And I'm wondering, like, eventually, like, do do the Bucks, like, you know, kind of mentally crumble under, like, Don Callis, like, you know, trying to manipulate them into joining uh, w- with those guys? Or, like, it seems like you we're know, already headed Nick, that way. Yeah. Or it feels like, you know, Nick Jackson already sees this as bullshit, like, and do we, it, it's the only thing, I'm, my question is, like, I feel like the match, I feel like there are two matches being built. But I don't know if they're actually like real matches. Like what, Kenny, what, what has matches? Has a, Kenny Omega versus Nick Jackson and Kenny Omega versus Matt Jackson, like in singles. You like, think so? Like it feels like it's like the champion, the tag champions are feuding with the singles champion. Then there, I feel like they're feuding with the singles champion. Uh, but really, they're gonna. But really, it's for them to wrestle the Good Brothers. Yeah, I don't know, but like this whole thing makes me want to see. Kenny versus Nick, versus Nick Jackson, who, who's fucking pissed, walking by Don Callis and like, I don't care. Like, get, like, get the fuck out of here. This is bullshit. And, you know, I think... I mean, that's, I, 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 think I think we're going to get a singles match. I think a singles match comes in there. I think it could happen, but I think more is more likely that what's really going to happen is you're going to, at the next pay-per-view, you're going to get uh, uh, Young Bucks for the Impact titles or whatever the hell. So, yeah, um, I feel like that's more likely because it's like, alright, like, you're gonna have, you know, whatever. Like, like they have, they have to come with some justification for why can't why Nick or Matt will have to be able to jump over um, the number one contenders to get to um, a title shot. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, like, I mean, I mean, Moxley's were... only lost like one match ever or some or two matches ever or some shit. So it's like you're going to jump over him for a title shot. Uh, I don't know, bro. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when, my, especially when like the man as that man is right now. You heard his, his friend; he just got back. You cheated him in the, in the two matches, or whatever else. You tried to fucking murder him, or you or you want to pretend or you wanted him to think that you want to murder him in the storyline now, whatever. But like it's you know, I don't think you just easily give that up, uh, whatever. And then yeah. and, and that's part of that's compelling. It's like these people are these are textured 
uh, realized characters, you know? Uh, so, yeah. um, who knows what to do with it, but I feel like they're off to a good start in a, or, or a good you know, point from, you know, th- that debacle for, with the bomb not going off. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think what else we want to talk about. I love QT's about. unit, oh, by QT, the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's, I, mean, let's I talked about, I t- yeah, I thought about it a little bit, but like, I, I think I think Anthony Gogo's going to be a star. He has a great look. He's, uh, you know, got the boxing thing, so like, he's, he's going to have the gimmick of him punching people and breaking their ribs and shit. Um, Aaron Solo, just a solid veteran guy that's been around forever. I think QT's going to, going to, take a big step forward um, as far as like, I think he, his question is going to be, can he answer the bell on the promos? And if he can, it's going to work. And um, the the other guy, Freak Beast, is just like a fucking beast. So like, he's a big brolic motherfucker. So. That's the dude that Moxie wrestled like a month ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I mean, the thing with QT is like, they can sit him down with Shivani and sit down in non-live environment and get, get whatever need to get out of him. Like, they have done one, yeah. that one promo with him, and he did feel kind of wooden, but whatever. Like, they know now that, like, they can just sit him down and, and get, you know, get more of it, more personality out of him. Like, that's the, that's think, the reason why. Such a hot, Go ahead. I think, it was su- I think it was such a hot way to set up the angle, like, where they're doing the exhibition match, and then he just fucking steals Arn Anderson, and then they all just, like, like Bedlam, like, comes out. Uh, and then, you know, it takes Red Velvet to run out to save Cody. Okay, um, I guess we got to talk about that part. So she's just like I, I saw you defend it at the time, but like I was like, but she clearly was a stand-in. Like all everything she's doing is the stuff that Brandy would be doing right now at this moment, but Brandy's not here because she's away. Um, and like I'm not saying that hey, those, those are the circumstances. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing or that makes her like some Brandy clone because she's clearly her own person. But like pretty soon. Um, they're gonna have to give her the mic again to further establish her as her own person, not like this proxy. You know what I mean? She she did have a um, she did have one of those um she had breakdowns a good, on, she, she had on a good dark one. elevation. Okay, I would say that she did have a good one leading up to the Shaq match. She did yep. have a good one, so like, just, I would say just give her another one to let her know like she's her own person. She is not you know Brandy's like little homie. Right. Right, um, Jade's been fucking excellent. Jade's like yeah. coming into her own on the promos. Yeah. Um, if it's me, I'm putting the belt on Jade next. Like I'm gonna wait on Britt Baker, turn Britt babyface, and then Britt's gonna chase Jade eventually. So, hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, but like after that match, uh, I think that Rose should be next champion. But that you know, like I was, you know, yeah, like, yeah, Rose is in there too. Rose I mean, is in there too. About like a year ago, around this time when Britt took off on the mic, like we were like, she's going to be the person that's you know, re- succeeds succeeds um, from Sheeta. But after that match, is like, nah, they got to get back to that first match they did with uh, Sheeta and and um and, and Rosa, and then have Rosa beat her, and then she carries it for Jade or Britt at the time, mm-hmm. like because that that match was just. That matched something else, and like that was most like I understand they're doing you know the face that she made or whatever else, but like you go back and watch that match. That's that's mostly Sheeta. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so so yeah, uh, I, you know I feel like you're, like you mentioned earlier about the women's division. Like this is fully realized now. Like a lot of stuff problems that were reason why I didn't take off early is like being solved. Like with the with the you know with the uh, the you know Rio coming in with Maki Ito coming in for, uh, for the time she was in with. Um, having availabilities on uh, on Sheeta, like 
with with the emergence of Jade, like with you know the the kind of the the push or whatever you want to call it of um of Red Velvet to this um, onto the main uh, stage, like we have we yep. have horses now as opposed to just like we we have some people that are you know we either have wrestlers or personalities, but we don't have anyone that can really do both yet. Like we have it now, so yep. um I'm I'm really happy from the time when I was like you know like yo this is. Some of this is their fault. Also, some of it is like just bad luck with injuries. And like, oh, speaking of stat, like stats, stats came back. She's in, she's in better shape now. Um, not to say yep. that she couldn't work at the time, but it's like you see that like she has been grinding to get back here. Like you see mm. it on her body how hard she's worked to get back. So I'm really happy for her that she's um she's back. I um, can't wait to see her be thrown into it. Like, and I, and I think Nyla Rose has been tremendously underrated this year. She's like had several matches that have just like exceeded expectations and like you know i think her with vicky is beginning to gel a little bit and they're bringing the bunny in the bunny the, the, you know uh, yeah the what do you think of that that whole part of like the the vicky and take conti i forgot her yeah yeah what do you think of the vicky in um the vicky part of this equation like vicky being ported in, vicky and nala being kind of ported into the matt, the matt hardy, hardy thing right now what do you think of that I like it because like it's going because Hardy's always going to be on TV, so they're going to they're going to you know it, they're going to eat indirectly off of it. And uh, like I said, I think now has been been very strong uh, of late after you know a rough patch, I would say, uh, for her. And I think that uh, you know I, I think all, it's up and down the division, Tay Conti like has come a long way, uh, and, and when she comes out, she feels like somebody now. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, the stuff that she's doing is, like, stuff that she was allowed to do for, like, 15 seconds in, like, a match where she would get squashed in NXT. And it's funny. It's, like, all the striking stuff she was doing, she was doing in these, like, enhanced matches she was in in NXT. And it's, like, you didn't think that she could, like, she could throw V-triggers, like, and yeah. that'd be, that be able to carry a match for, like, two minutes. You didn't think you didn't think like I, it is. It's weird. Like they have too much damn talent for their own good to know what to do with any of it, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that she's able to showcase what she can do because like she before like she's promising, but she's never getting reps. To like she's promising, and I'm pretty sure she is going to get reps now. So I'm happy for her. Um, right. Uh, I'm trying to think any anything else we're missing right now. Do you want to go back and circle I, around I the, the Cody it. stuff? Uh, no, nah, no. Nah. Like I, I think it's just you know. We're, we're still in the opening act on that. We'll see where it goes. I, I like where it's at right now. Okay. 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 So I guess it's, uh, it's, it's my time now for NXT. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's going on on the, uh, on the NXT? I actually caught some of it, uh, last week. Okay. Yeah. So they've, um, pretty much like it, it is a build to, um, this double takeover thing. And I actually got to say, like, for a two night takeover, they they did pretty good. Like they did a little cheating with the this gauntlet match thing to carry like a probably like forty five minutes to an hour of it. But like otherwise, you look at it, and it's like yeah, that's those that's pretty. That looks like a Russell. That looks not Russell. That looks like a takeover show on both nights. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Like one, we'll get to it. But um, the tag match, uh, obviously they were going to do um, Wesley or MSK versus um, um. Oni and Lorkin, and they're probably going to uh, put the belts on MSK, but um, Lorkin, or not, Birch, he actually... Lorkin uh, and Birch. Yeah, Lorkin yeah. and Birch, not, not Oni and Lorkin. But uh, Birch, he, uh, he, sep- he I think he separated his shoulder, or 
he, he messed up his shoulder when he took a, a double suplex spot um, from Cross. I'm not blaming Cross, but like I'm not, not but I'm not blaming Cross. Shit happens in wrestling and it sucks. Um, so from uh, so it's gonna end up being them versus the Grizzly Young Veterans who they end up beating in the the uh, the the tournament the uh, the final of the of the Dusty Cup and also Legado del Fantasma. Uh, Legado del Fantasma is kind of has been hot. They had probably had the best set of matches outside of MSK. In the Dusty Cup, so um, you know, three great teams. Um, and I think it's time to to elevate and go all the way and do it and put MSK over. Like they have the personality, they're funny guys. They have they, they have new dayish type of energy on their promos. Uh, so like they're mm-hmm. one of the, they're one of the, like the, the the new people in NXT that like immediately came in and like have succeeded. So I'm happy for them. Um, the uh, the next match uh, on it is uh, the uh, number one contender gauntlet elimination match. What they did was they basically put a, did a carrot on the stick thing where Johnny doesn't have a match for takeover, so he's going to be on the second night takeover, the ones on Peacock. So what they did is we're going to have twelve guys at the time uh, do a battle royal. The final six survivors make it to the eliminate make it to a gauntlet match. And, the, and so basically they did a placement for who f- goes where in the gauntlet based on where you finished in the final six of that battle royal. Um, so it was 12 people originally. Roddy, for some dumb reason, had a match. He opened the show last week before the main event where he was going to be in this. He ended up losing it be- uh, to Cameron Grimes because... He- Anytime he sees the Undisputed Era logo or he, he gets distracted easily in his match and people are able to counter him, so he he left and says, I need a break, so who knows when he comes back. I hope it's not to screw over... Uh, uh, I hope it's the not finish. to screw over the finish of the Adam Cole. The and finish yeah, dude, that... We're, we're talking about... We'll get to it, but we're talking about something special coming in, um, uh, coming next Thursday. Jesus Christ. But, um, so, the people that were in it were... Um, the people that are going to be in these in this uh, gauntlet is going to be L.A. Knight, Dexter Loomis, Bronson Reed, Isaiah Scott, Swerve, obviously, Cameron Grimes, and Leon Ruff. Um, what they ended up doing was they ended up having Kushida and Pete Dunn put each other in a hold and eliminate each other to set up them having mm. a, a singles match. So I like that because they had. Yeah, because they and also they had heat going into it. They had an altercation where they were arguing about who's the better technician between the two about a couple weeks ago. Then they had it uh, going. They got into it and eliminate each other in this match. So then all of a sudden, you know, almost like uh, like when Shivani calls calls it in. Just got this from backstage. This match would be next week. It was pretty much the same fashion. It's like I like this. Just like you see some hot. Go, like we're gonna set up some hot. And we're gonna go through it. So like a sheet of his peak done. That's a match I've been waiting to see. Like. I, you know, I think about this. I wonder if it's already happened because you know Kushida used to wrestle in England a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty so sure. They, like, they, they might be shit, familiar with each probably other. Probably some what culture uh, pro wrestling shit probably happened. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see that. Like, I, I when it comes to Pete Dunne and Kushida and people like O'Reilly and Strong and Gargano, I kind of like I want to see these people wrestle each other eventually and get to it. Like, like mm-hmm. Pete Dunne versus Gargano is, is huge on the list too for me. So like, Kushida yeah. Dunne and Kushida, I can't wait. Like, that's gonna that's gonna just kill uh, i'm calling i'm calling swerve the favorite so like I, i'm i'm counting on on swerve getting to win here I, when i look at that list hmm. um i don't i i don't think it, la night would would necessarily you know set it off the way swerve would right so, i think 
and also LA, LA Knight is being positioned as like he, he lost his, his uh he lost a match uh two weeks ago to Bronson Reed clean. So like they're like he's gonna get back at Bronson Reed eventually before he moves up the card theoretically. So I think I think there's that. Um you know, with the Isaiah Scott and uh, Cameron Grimes thing, like, they ended up being, like, the, the first two to get eliminated out, out of the six that made it, so they're gonna start mm-hmm. one and two on it, so, like, you know, like, what so Isaiah... So, about, about to run the gauntlet. It, it, it could be real, you know, prime position thing for Isaiah to say, like, look who he went through. He went through Grimes, he went through Loomis and Knight and Bronson Reed to get here, and also, like, if he beats Bronson Reed, like, that's a play on what they did a couple months ago when, when Swerve started turning heel, so, like... God, I hope they don't let Dustin Loomis win and then do, finally do Gargano and Loomis again. Dude. You know how furious I'd be. And also, Bro, another thing, in that battle furious. royal, in that battle royal, because it was 11 people, right? So that means it's like, you know, it's five pairs plus extra. So the five guys with the bell ring started going at it, right? So you had you had Leon Ruff, you had um, and you had Swerve, you had Kushida, and you had Dunn immediately attack each other. And then everybody paired off, and the one person sitting in the corner, no one wrestles for like the first two-thirds of the match, maybe 75% of the match, is, is Luma just sitting in the corner. And I was like, dude, this is just the worst. Like, show me one fucking metric that shows me that he deserves to be on TV. One. Let alone being on uh, the, you know, on TakeOver. So, whatever. Um, but yeah, Matt should be great. You got you know, you got guys in there that's gonna be able to carry that thing through. It should be fun. Like I said, Dunn and Kashuri talked about that. Hungry guys. Yes. A match that I did not know I wanted until I had the first even hint of it happening. You know, they had, they had, um, Champa teaming with uh, Thatcher. You had the you know because uh, Thatcher was in Indies was in ring conf with Walter obviously. Um, you had Imperium yep. looking around them when they were in the Dusty Cup, saying like, "What happened?" You know, let's talk. You know, you had you had uh, Bartell and Eichner talking to him backstage, and you're like, "What are they talking about?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, ring comp. That's right. This could be an Imperium thing. They want him in Imperium. They uh, they even said as much as like, we'll also take that. We'll also take Champa too. All of a sudden, uh, <laughs> your boy uh, is nowhere to be found. We ain't seen your boy in weeks. We have not seen uh, Thatcher in weeks. All of a sudden, Walter shows up." He chops Chompa one time. Uh, like the next week, Chompa comes out, says he wants a match. They grab him. Uh, they rip off his uh, his uh, necklace thing that he wears. That he later talks about in a promo that he smoked it, by the way. But uh, he grab he you know he rips it off his chest, chops him again, and then uh, he lays there and sells. And as Chompa also reaches over to grab his necklace, next week, um, he, this is why he asked for a title shot for the UK title. So get the match and all that, and then last week he talked about the, the necklace, talked about how much it meant to him. They said this is the necklace that my wife gave, my wife and my 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 uh, my, my child gave to me before I went into neck surgery. And you know, people, you know, I know your people keep mentioning, and I know you mentioned like, am I the same God now that I have all these things? And I think to myself, I you know, no, I am that same black heart. And he's like, no, I've changed. You go through all these things. It's one thing to be on a mountain and you come down. And you go through all this shit and you cl- to try to try to make it back, and it changes a man. And he's like, when I fucking see you on Wednesday, I'm gonna change you, and you have to see this. You have to go through the same thing I did. I was like, I love this from. He smoked it. So, um, mm-hmm. then you have EO versus Raquel, bro. They give me Raquel everything. Bro, everything. bro I heard they making EO Shirai look dumb. I heard just getting whooped, bro. Like losing. And fair ones. She like, lost three. All that. She, she okay. 
I want to say it was they had four altercations. I feel either three or four. She won the very last one at the end of the night, but before she lost them. She lost the other ones where she just walked up to her straight up, started the fight, and lost. The, the second to last one, they were in the back. And you would have been nominated for LeBron James. You bum of the week out here. She would have been. Re, except, well, she would have been. She would. She wouldn't have won, but she. But she would have been nominated. They lift. She lift. Rhea lifted her up, and she's by you know drywall. You know drywall. Uh, you can break through it easy, but you, you're you don't see. You don't know what is coming in the wall. Also, she lifts up. Rhea or lifts. Rhea Raquel lifts her up and swings her like a baseball bat through the wall, and the camera. All of a sudden, pans and slides and go and and follows out the hallway into the other side, other end of the other side of the wall, and you see all the dust on you. I was like, they give Raquel everything, like. And then at the end, um, after <laughs> Raquel had a match, um, Eo comes out. The locker room empties with refs and with geeks, um, or PC geeks, and then um. EO dives on top of the crowd. The crowd falls off, falls down, very similar to like the the Roman uh, suicide dive, and she ended up celebrating at the end of the night. But really hyped for it, really physical. I think they're gonna have like this great, you know. These this- two have wrestled each other for years. They have great chemistry. I've seen them on house shows when when Raquel was nowhere near as as uh Good as, she is as now. polished as she is now. Yeah, and um and, and EO's like gotten stuff out of her before, so. Right. I anticipate that this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Another thing is like with her match, Raquel's match with Ember a month or like two months ago. Like you can absolutely have a somebody bumps and drums and jumps all around her while she's looking impressive and just doing all power spots. Like they have a Lex Luger. You yes you yes you can absolutely have do the Flair Lex Luger thing absolutely or, or Flair Tony Atlas thing with with, uh, with Raquel. Yeah. I don't think you need to do that. But I think she's um she proved enough to where like she can carry some of the stuff right. But you can absolutely if they want to be lazy they can absolutely do that match where she just runs around and just does monster spots and, and it still works because of EO selling and bumping. You absolutely could do that, but I think <laughs> they're gonna do a little bit more. But it's gonna be based on the cat and mouse of you know of that of that dynamic. Um, the second night. Um, Ember and Shotzi versus Candice and Indy. Now, for the for the NXT Women's Tag Titles. Now, I wish these tag titles didn't exist. And, Rich, <laughs> did, you, did you hear how what happened? How this all came about? Yes. Uh, yes, just absolute little brothering of NXT and bad finishes and just like, but, wow. Yes. They bring in Nia. They bring in Shayna. They have a match with Raquel and Dakota. Uh... They were going to do a spot where the the NXT team, uh, the ref didn't see the NXT team tag in, and so uh, Dakota lost. What ended up happening is they missed the tag, um, so they really didn't tag get didn't really didn't tag out, and then they beat Dakota, and it's like, well, what do we what what? Because they after that happened, Mark Carano. Or I'm sorry, not McCarano, but Adam Pierce, you know, SmackDown GM that gets into a Roman Reigns came out of nowhere, issues in a second ref. They in NXT or the main roster team steals the pin, but like they missed it, they actually missed the tag, so there was no tag, so they actually they, they there was no screwing, there was miss it, miss. <laughs> um, miss, uh, miss ex- bad execution the script the story so the next week they didn't ditch story or come up with some way to give them titles pretend it never happened it was like yeah Dakota Raquel here's your belts and then the very so the team that they beat in the finals was 
Shotzi and Ember. So they had the match, and then Shotzi and Ember beat them. So it's like, okay, so you decided to make them champion, tag champions, just for them losing the first fucking day. And then their match, their belts that she didn't even have because they actually lost the fucking match they had. I fucking hate it. Anyway, they're having a match with uh, Shotzi and Ember. They face have a match with Candice and Indy, and they actually face each other in the semifinal of the Women's uh, Dusty Cup. So um, who knows? Maybe Candice and Indy end up winning. Uh, Candice cut this great promo talking about how. Um, it reminded me of, well, I'm not going to remind me of everyone at time, but she basically said, like, I am a champion that hasn't won a belt. I'm, I'm fucking changing that come takeover. So, uh, so you know, she shows the growth of, like, this person that, like, could not cut promo save her life seemingly um, two years ago. And now, like, she is a comfortable promo now. And, does a, and she's not some over-the-top character. She's just seemingly herself. But, you know, turn up to or turn up to turned up the like the the snidiness of the of the I'm better than you part. So uh Devlin versus Escobar for the for the Cruiserweight titles is in a uh, uh, very similar fashion to there's one champion belt got stripped or not stripped but they made a new champion last year and they brought Devlin back uh to the states and Sean shows up and pulls out a ladder and throws ladder. him in the ring That's and right. it's like you, you already know what it is. It's about to be WrestleMania <laughs> 10 out this bitch. So um yep. Unification ladder match. Um, so, like I mentioned, Johnny is waiting for um, whoever he faces that end up going through the battle roll in that gauntlet, and the next day, and he compl- he's been complaining for <laughs> complaining about not having time to strategize. I only have twenty something hours to strategize for my opponent. Normally, takeovers I get weeks. This is nonsense. He actually showed up like he's finna That's kick funny. in. He actually like he's finna kick in Regal's door. This man set up like he's finna super kick the door and open the door. It was fu- you have to see the, the the gif of it. It's fucking hilarious. Like, he, like I also heard there was a hilarious theory in Gargano segment. Where said uh, theory said we can just do the finger poke of doom yes, or some yes, shit like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> this yes, this last Wednesday he's like, well look man, because he was like, where are you in? The, where are you in this for? He's like, look man, we can just finger poke the doom thing. He's like, no, Johnny's like, no, that killed the business. But he's like, Johnny, <laughs> but he goes, but Johnny, we're in the business right now, and he's like, okay. And I was like, oh my god, like. The, it's so it's so funny. Like, bro, great. Every single like Johnny in in the way and and like this family dynamic of they are Johnny is a dad, Candace is a mom, Indy is the older daughter, and Austin is like the young dumb dumb as a box of fucking rocks. Son is like the best. Like they they did a thing with them trying to get out of the Loomis thing uh, like a month ago, where like Johnny paid a shrink to tell him that him being that like that Loomis actually hates that man because he was actually he was actually having Stockholm syndrome so he had to pay this 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 crooked psychiatrist to tell him that no he actually Loomis actually hates you man get it together so like but it was hilarious like it's it's he's he's figured this out in a way that I thought like you know like the hill run that he had at the end of 2018 it wasn't this this is like He's a heel, but he's fucking hilarious. Like, he, you're supposed to like him. So, yeah. I, and also with that match he had with, with Kushida, I feel like he's off. I feel like he's hit his stride. He's, with, like, with his he's like getting it. He's he's getting it yes. back on, on, on the other side. Yes. Now, yes. It looks he, like. Yes. Yes. And Candace, too. It like, felt I, like he was struggling for a while. Like he was getting, like, bad opponents. And he was. It just, it, it, it just wasn't clicking for him for, for a little while. Yeah. He, but, like, ever since. Ever since that Vengeance Day, goddamn, <laughs> like it feels good to have Johnny Gargano back in my life as a top wrestler. So, um, yeah. So the semi-main event, which should be the main event of this thing, 
uh, Colorado versus Adam Cole. Richard, you see the video package scene that they did? That was like a. I, I caught some of it. Um, I, I was kind of watching it with the volume low. Okay. But um, everything I heard is that it's incredible, and I saw the way they were shooting it. I was like, oh, this looks AK. like the Star Devil thing. AK. Yeah, 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 I mean, I never saw the Star Devil thing, but I remember you raving about it in 2019 because I remember talking about the Tam yeah. Arissa build, and you were like, this has elements of that with Walter involved or whatever as, as like the you know as like the Momo standing a parallel. So like, yeah. yeah, I remember you raving about it. Then I remember, but so, but yeah, like this thing, I I say this with no hyperbolic hyper hyperbole hyperbolic not that tense of word. That was one of the best non match segments of WWE's history. Wow. Like it talks it goes into the New Japan ma- the Russell Kingdom match. It talks about how they first met each other. It is basically like that that um prime target 50 minute Gargano Ciampa deal except shrunk except shrunk uh, abridged and, and and shrank down into like a uh, 8 10 minute thing and talks about um the promo of Hit the, the contract signing from last week uh, as, as filling a lot of the the spaces and like it's a perfect story. It's like we came here to NXT. I had I was a, I, I was a, you know backup guy for you, and you were doing all this evil shit, and we didn't care about anybody. We just beat everybody's ass and ran this place. Um, you lost the title. Um, you had another shot at it. You lost the title again to uh, Balor. I face Balor. I have the best match in NXT that year. I have another match with Balor. I have respect for this dude. I want him in, in Undisputed Era. That, and basically Adam Cole says, like, that's when I had a revelation of, like, oh, okay, you're not really a winner. You're a side guy. We thought we were all dogs. You're not a dog. You're a lap. You are a dog, but you're a lap dog. And uh, uh, Kyle, the way Kyle describes it is, we came here, we took over this pr- this promotion, this brand. All four of us did that because we're all killers, or something along the lines. We're all killers, or something like that. Or, or no, we all became stars. But I'm the only person out of out of us four that actually became a better person, and talked about like. Um, when he was helping, more or less alluding to stuff with like help, helping out uh, Drake Maverick when he's getting his ass whooped earlier uh, at the beginning of the year or whatever else, um, or towards the end of last year, like talking about that stuff and then like talking about how he's turned Bayface in his relationship with Finn Balor or whatever else, and then said like, bro, um, I'm gonna, I if I ever, he's, he, I think it's along the lines of like, I can't, I have to pretend that everything that we did over the last few years meant nothing because if I think that like. It meant something. I won't do what I need to do because I need to put you down. Classic Triple H line. Put you down. Um, and he says that, like, mm-hmm. look, I don't. And when I think of it, as far as our friendship and, and as far as it mean nothing, like, I sleep better. I sleep at night. I sleep good at night now in, in ways I didn't before. He's just talking about like, you're evil. You're a jerk. I changed. You didn't. And then like, Cole sees it as you. You. You've become somebody else. And like, I don't. I, I'm burning undisputed to the ground. Like it's. Out of, I don't want to say out of nowhere because they've been building this for months and months now. But like getting to this point from um, when he kicked him in the face is like this is one of the hottest, most personal NXT feuds in years. Like we we t- I've talked about this with the Balor thing. Is like I didn't like I've always liked O'Reilly. 
but I did not know that he was this level of promo. And once you put that with like what he did with the Balor thing into in here with Cole, and Cole's obviously a way another level of promo than Balor. It's like this is this is this feels like a this should be like the WrestleMania uh, takeover main event. It, this should uh-huh. be, but it's not because uh, we're going to talk about the next thing. Balor vs. Cross. It's you know, um, yeah. The, it's the hot. It, it is probably it is the. It's a WWE wrestler of the year so far, Finn Balor, who's been hot as fucking fish grease since October, versus Cross, the person that never lost the title because he won it and he got he fucked up his shoulder in the week uh, when he won the title, and he's back now. Um, God bless him having to follow of O'Reilly and Cole. God yeah, bless God him. Bless him. God that, bless that, him. That, that's pretty like, much all you can say. Like all I'm gonna say is this: if Finn Balor gets a great match out of Cross, like great. That's the success in that. I don't really know who wins. I would prefer if Balor stayed champion, but and like honestly, like at this point, like given all the stuff, the way he looks, the way he talks, the way he dresses, the way he acts, his size, like there's no reason why like Cross couldn't be called up. Mm-hmm. Like I personally want me personally for the I think the best story for NXT going forward would be. Um, he does his thing. O'Reilly does his thing with Cole for a while, and then eventually we get back to Cole O'Reilly, and O'Reilly becomes the NXT champion. Like I was saying this at during the year end thing. I now that they're going all the way with this Cole thing, I don't know how you're gonna have something this fucking hot. Is you know they're gonna have a classic fucking match, and then eventually like just let that just slide or whatever else. Like no, they have to they have to finish off the story they've told since the beginning of or since the fall. Like. I don't know how this happened out of nowhere, but like O'Reilly has become my favorite watch in NXT um, with his matches with, with, with uh, Dunn, his match with Balor, this, like he, he's just knocking out the fucking park. So yeah, man, I think we should just um, move over to talk about some small stardom things. Um, this morning they had a stardom show. You haven't seen it yet. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that comes with it, so we'll talk about that uh, on a later show. I th- we're going to do a midweek show to preview WrestleMania. We'll talk about that show then when more people have been able to see it and everything. But um, if you haven't watched that show, leave now. This is a big spoil spoiler. Um, well, I mean, it, hopefully you didn't read or the fucking forward, huh? <laughs> or fast forward like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Hopefully you don't look at the notes in the description. Otherwise, I'm going to get spoiled. But, yeah, uh, at the end, at after the uh, semi-main event, um, Utami versus B, um, Utami wins the match. Um, great match. And um, B gets on the mic and says, Utami, you know, the, lately she's been doing the thing where, like, everybody sucks. So, and it's been, I find it fucking hilarious. But um, she's like, you know, I think um, I think you're quite strong. I think you're you're a great wrestler. I think you're bet you've gotten better. And actually, they had Momo um, do um, commentary. She had a match earlier. She came and um, talked during that. So then she said she told Momo to come into the ring. She says, and you know, and Momo, I don't I don't think you suck. Mm-hmm. I think you're my best friend. And then uh, she starts crying. Uh, I don't know if Utami started crying, but Momo started crying. And then she says that like. Um, she talks about how, you know, her time here really shortly and she says that this is her last match and this is her last match in Japan. Uh, she didn't say where she's going or anything like that, but 
it was her and it was Utami and Momo in the ring and they had a triple hug and uh, she walked out and left and uh, the crowd gasped um, and she's out of here apparently. Um, it sucks because she left and it was best, so that was think, her best match think, to start. So, so you think, you know, B earned her streamers? Finally? <laughs> I mean, she's more than earned her streamers. Um, I think that uh, for people that do not like her, I think there is a valid reason to not like her. Um, I don't think most people feel that way. I think most people don't like her because she took opportunities from my favorite, um, which is like, you know, if you do not like uh, B, I think a lot of that comes from things that aren't that there weren't things that she did or or possibly have done. I think you're more mad at Will Ospreay, not her. And when it comes to this, like her getting booked as a Red Bell champion, that's not her fault. What was she supposed to say? Oh no, I want. I'm not going to do that. No, Rossi. No, get the fuck out of here. So, yeah, um, you know, you, well, you know what? You want to give me the Red Bits Belt title? You know what? I just I'm content working six woman tags. You right. Know, I don't. I don't want the opportunity. I don't want any main events. Right. I just um, want to keep it right where I'm at, baby. Right. That's not for me, baby. <laughs> at all. Uh, so. I, me and you both like B. Me and you both think that she's gotten way too much shit for things that aren't in her control. Like, I don't know. What was she supposed to be Japanese for you? Like, we get it. Like, you don't like her because she's a white girl in Japan. It's fine. But um, let's not pretend that, like, that woman is not a good wrestler. Um, I think, yeah, I that's, think that's absolute cap of people are doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at, I'm going to look at her. Um, I bet it's, like, not worthy. Her, oh, her, her score. Oh, her uh, her cage match score be. has always been ridiculous. Like it's in the, it's in the fives. Uh, I looked at it earlier that's, today. It's in the fives. That's absolutely absurd. Like, do you know what a five looks like? Like, like what what are some some of the other five uh, wrestlers that are that are around there? In uh in stardom, like Nascotora, probably Nascotora might be a Yikes. six. Let's see. Listen, I'm gonna type in like the most obscure person I can think of. Um, that is just like middle of the road. How about this? Nascatora is a six point five. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it, it sure is. But let's continue looking around real quick. Okay, my man Alex Wright, seven point two six. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Wright was a pretty good wrestler back in the day. <laughs> um, let's see. Um. Yeah, B Priestley six point. I'm sorry, a five point six nine. Let's check out Lacey Evans. Oh my god, five point seven eight. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, if you if you think Lacey Evans and B Priestley are on the same level, I'm going to need you to get your eyes examined. Yeah, or like put your you know, or reverse where like your eyes and your asses are because they're reversed. Um, right, right. Yeah, so. Uh, I guess where's she going? Like it's either AEW or like NXT UK, right? Um, I mean maybe it's NXT. I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I'm not even. I, I'm not even having even begun to speculate. Um, I just think. Um, I just you know I haven't even, I haven't even thought about it. Um, so what's her uh, stardom legacy? Um, let's see. 
think of Gaijin champions. There's Santana Garrett with a white belt. Um, there is uh, Dark Angel Sarah. Uh, what's her name? Used to be a trainer in WWE recently. Yeah, Sarah Stock. Sarah Stock. Yep. Uh, she was the second uh, white belt champion. Um, then you have Jazzy Gabbard, who was uh, the second red belt champion. Got Tony Storm. And then you got B. Um, as Gaijin champions um, with the red or white belt. Um, I have not seen much of Tony Storm stuff. I, but, um, and I think a lot of people did not like her reign because obviously she wasn't there the whole time. She didn't tour and stay in Japan. Like she won the belt because she wasn't supposed to win the belt at the time and then left, handle her other commitments and then would come in like, you know, sporadically. Um, she wasn't regular, um, after a certain amount of time. Um, like you look at B, like former Red Belt champion, um, tag two time tag champion, one with uh, Jamie, one with Konami, um, trios champion. Uh, yeah, I mean, sounds like she has a pretty strong uh, resume, and that matches with the match output. Yeah, like I think, I think the thing with her, that hurts her is a thing that hurts a lot of people is. People watch Stardom. They watch the Corkins and the big shows, you know. Now, you know these these Cinderella shows or whatever else, and they don't really watch the TV slash house show, whatever you want to call it, right? And that's no shade to anybody. You got to you know watch whatever you can watch. But B was one of the most consistent performers since I started watching in January two thousand nineteen. She's a person that comes at, goes in these tags and gives effort. Whenever she's in the ring, it's, it's fun. You like she matches up and meshes with well with, with a lot of people. Whether uh, whether it's um whether it's Tam or it's Mayu, especially Mayu. Whether it's uh, someone like a Julia, someone like Jungle. She um she was one of those people they like will come out here and like give you good effort on a consistent basis, and you can see her progressing it better. I think she's a better wrestler than she was even when she won the red belt. Um now. Um, but, you know, like, the matches are there, like, was she someone that was reeling off four and a half star matches? No. This last match she had, maybe four and a half stars. Um, I'm probably somewhere between four and a half, four and a quarter. Um, and she gave her all in that match. Like, she took a bump, she took one bump in that match where, like, you know, people tease the, the apron, I'm going to German suplex you and someone holds on the ropes for dear life. Like, oh, we're going to do it. Like, no, the fuck you're not. She, um, she, she... Did that spot with Utami. Utami was able to get an elbow off and back elbow her. And she fucking took the bump on the floor. Like, half her back landed on the mat and the other half landed on the ground. To get this match over. Like, in her beginning, like the first third of the match. Like, she she put her all in this match. She wrestled, like, knowing what you know now, you see, like, oh, she wrestled like this was, like, she knew this was her last match, obviously. It's, it's apparent now. But, um, I think that her red belt reign is, um was clearly overshadowed by Arissa's white belt reign, but not something necessarily sneezed out. Like, all his matches are high threes. Um, I think I think the, the worst part is, like, I think her best title match was her match with Konami that was in a Cork and Hall show. It was a, I think it was Sapporo. Uh, some, uh, you know, the second uh, show of a, of a double, double, uh, double header. Um, but... 
I mean, you go through it like she won the belt against Kagetsu at uh in that May show, um that Golden Week show. That's like four. That's four and a quarter. Uh, she has a match with Konami. Just mentioned she has the match with Momo. She has the match with Utami. Um, she has the match against Hannah. That's one of Hannah's best matches. Um, and then she, you know, has a match with Mayu. And like, if not for that, that spot where uh, her foot slips and Mayu almost dies, like we're, that's a, that's her four and a half star match right there. Just didn't work hey, out. And I was gonna say, and she'll always have the the, the legacy of the <laughs> stardom. 2019 One Nation Radio Wrestler of the Year. <laughs> but to talk about that part where it's like the consistency and about her is like I went through and looked through her uh the Grand Prix from 2019 and I remember think I remember at the time or not I just remember her being like really high up there as far as like that tournament as far as average star ratings from my star ratings or whatever else. I looked at it, she ended up being fourth but really it's third because Utami only Got her, she broke her hand halfway through the mat or through the tournament. Like the people that wrestled their eight matches, she finished third behind only uh Mayu and Kigetsu. She finished just in front of uh Momo. Um and that's what I meant by like she she brought it when she had the opportunity to. Like um you know, she had the she also has the match with uh the, the tag league final with Arissa and and um Tam ver- against her and uh Jamie. Um, she has her title, her uh, white belt challenge against Arissa in January of uh, 2020. Um, you know, and then, you know, she had to go away. And then she came back and she was in Oedo tie. Um, and it's real rough to be in fucking Oedo tie around this time. Like, thank God she came back and was in Oedo tie. And thank God that, like, they what, decided what to. That? Sorry? I was going to say, what was that thing you were calling o- Oedo tie right now? Oh, Oedo Tai's a crack house right now. Like, I was going to get to that, but, like, it, you know, <laughs> when she came back, um, <laughs> when she when she came back, it was her and Konami and Nasco being just one of the worst wrestlers in professional wrestling, um, uh, and, and Saki, who, who's selectively good, and, you know, kids. And they, they ended up pairing t- uh, Konami and B together, and they were, and they were, a fun tag team, I, uh, and they had a you know they had a nice run with the tag matches and hand the belts off to Hameka and and um and Micah, and that was a very and that was a good ass match. So um you look at it, it's like and, you know also uh, the big shows lately when they did that uh, the October show, her match with Momo was like three and three quarters. Her when she gave the belt and dropped it off to Shuri, that was a very good match as well. Like um. I'm, I'm sorry, you can't tell, you can't, you cannot convince me that I did not see what I saw for the last two and a half years. Like, she's a good ass, she's They're a very cool. good wrestler that can, uh, she's a very, or sorry, she is a, at worst, good wrestler that has very good ass matches and sometimes even a great match on occasion. There are people rating her as zero out of ten on cage match, so come, it's like, come on, it's completely ridiculous. Come on. Like, I, I'd have to look through it through my, um, through my match rings from this year and last year, but like I'm, I'm. This is always the thing with her on on uh, cage match. It was weird. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I like who you like, but like to hate on somebody in general, like the most of the community. I thought it was weird, but um, she's gone now, and she and she left y'all with a, with a, with the best match of the night on a big show. So sorry. Got to hold the L on so that how one. How about it? Yeah. 
Um, I hope she comes to AEW. Running back with a doctor. Uh, I mean, I think B works better as a heel. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get to these um listener questions. Questions. So we put a call out for questions and thank everybody for sending uh, those in. And um, we got a lot on here. It looks like so. Um, <clears throat> let's go with the top. So first question comes from Stale Burger Bun. Um, <laughs> hell of a name. He said, "Why is Cody the way he is?" Oh man, um, that seems like a podcast like on its own, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I feel like we've answered this question like in some way or another, like throughout he, like every week. The the easiest way we can say it, the simplest way we can term it, term it as, he loves his dad, and his dad, um, through all the great inventions and ideas he had in wrestling, he also had some stinkers. And he, you know, that's the, a lot of that stuff was all written down and I'm sure he's gone through that stuff in his head. And like, I think the era has changed, but I think Cody has figured out a way to make a lot of this stuff work. And unfortunately, some of the stuff does not work as well. And some stuff that does not work out, you're like, what the hell are you thinking? But he, you know, he's, he's going to try, he's going to try things and I I admire him for that ambition because it damn sure won't be me if I had gotten to this to where he's gotten um by and then decided to like still try the things he tries. I I think he's a young legacy person that got put uh, and pushed very early in his career, probably before he was ready, and mm-hmm. then he inevitably inevitably crashed back down while he was reaching probably his physical prime and all that. So. I think he's trying to, you know, just prove something to himself and, you know, the audience like about how he uh, wants to present himself and his style of wrestling. Um, I think that leads to some erroneous decisions. It leads to some great stuff. Um, He's he he I'll say this about Cody. He's got to be his confidence and self-esteem has got to be sky high because I'm pretty sure he's very honest with himself. He knows his abilities. He just doesn't care. He's 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 just going to try to overachieve. Like uh, you know, there there's always been like you know the Jeff Jarrett type uh, comparison there uh, with those guys. And I mean, it's apt, but um, people forget Jeff Jarrett was like pretty good. Uh, it's just there was funny stuff with Jeff Jarrett too, especially all those times. Like I watched some videos, like every Jeff Jarrett title win in TNA, bro. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like the way, like this, they booked this man like he was God Almighty. Like I, just, just nuts. But um, I don't know, man. Uh, Cody doesn't bother me the way he used to. Um, and I think he's got something going with it, with being a babyface. Right now, I don't want to see him turn or anything. Like, I don't think it would necessarily fly. Um, yeah, I mean, he'd be great at it. Like, he he would probably you know piss me off a whole lot. But I think I think he's um kind of found the role he was should like. Look, man, we we said we thought Cody Rose was was going to be a main eventer ten years ago. James, damn near. Um, 
something approaching that, yeah. So, we were right. Let's say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think that's. I think that about sums it up. Like, there, there's an overambition that exceeds that, like, doesn't cut off like the. Uh, I don't know. I, I, like you ever hear about a lot of talented people not thinking they're good enough? Cody's like yeah. the opposite. Like he's like <laughs> of marginal skill, but he's like you know fuck that. Like I you know. I I I think a lot of that. I think the things that he does like it works very well, and then like you have to worry, you have to have concerns about will they will they continue the work? Like you know, like we talk about like how all these personal feuds. How he's running through people now. We're now we're out here scraping the plate with like the 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 nightmare faction B teamers. Like uh, we'll see how this goes. Like, but you know, uh, you, he he'll never lack for effort. Never. Yes. Uh, I'm next. Uh, JML. He has a question. He says, "Is QT's new faction a better version of the Job Squad?" So who is in the Job Squad? That's what I'm trying to remember. I think it was Al Snow, the Blue Meanie, the Blue Meanie. Yikes. They're way better than the job squad. Aaron Solo probably wrestles circles around all of them. Um, like I said, I'm very into this faction. We're going to get possibly three guys elevated, and I would be willing to bet on at least one of them. So, um, Sure, they're better than the job squad because I, I don't – the job squad was was a was a joke, right? Like I don't think these people are gonna necessarily going to be trade as a joke, so you got that. I'll leave it at there. Like I, they're they're cannon fodder. <laughs> they're cannon fodder. <laughs> like Cody finna bloody ass away. <laughs> so but that's fine. Uh, MJ does PR. He says, "Talk about Andrade. Do you think he ends up in the G one? What roster does he help the most?" Ooh, um, I think he helps Ring of Honor. Like what we talked about earlier in the show. Like. He can yeah. walk in and be number one. Like, there's no one he has to take a back seat behind in Ring of Honor. And there's, what about there's Matt Taven? There. I'm joking. I'm what joking. about him? I'm joking. Um, <laughs> you know, you never know. They they might have him come in and lose to Taven. He, you can't trust ROH all the time. But, um, yeah, Ring of Honor is still my answer. Um, of course, I'd like to see him in AEW. But, you know, yeah. I, you know they've got lots of people. So, um, but. But I think you make room for for that guy. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't really I've seen all the speculation places he could go. I think anywhere works. I haven't really thought about where would be the best place for him. I never really thought about it. Um, I mean, can Triple H give him a call and say come back next? <laughs> oh yeah, so that was apparently a part of the uh, interview. He turned that down. Oh, he did. Yeah. Mm. All right they then. Hey. Team. He's like, nah, man. You know, I mean, he's a star. star like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Star, yeah, like, go, go. Like, he used to sell out, he used to sell out shows. Like, but yeah, go. And we're going to Mexico and shit. But yeah, like, 400 people every week. Yeah, sure. Like, right. I'm, come on, man. He's been past that. Right. Um. So, <laughs> um, up next, we've got a question from uh, Murray. He says, How did you guys feel Christian did in his match with Kazarian? He said he very much enjoyed it himself. Um, I really enjoyed the match once it, well, I can't say when it got going because it never really got going. It was a slow the whole damn time, but, um, I enjoyed the match for what it was. Um, I ended up giving it three and three quarters at the time. 
Um, I would give him the same thing. Yeah, I I mean, Christian Christian was always a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, uh, as far as the outwork, everything that's funny because like Kazarian outworked him in that match, but it's fine. Like, yeah, it was a very good match. Um, I'm uh, he feels like a luxury more than 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 somebody you can count on, but we'll see what happens like in the future. Like I said, I think they got to pull back the framing of him as this like legend and everything like that, and kind of just let him regain his like new respect with the audience because like he's been gone for seven years. There's a lot of laps fans. There's people that love him uh, and always you know have followed his career. But I I think when you put that all in a blender, that's still like he still has to answer questions. Yeah. And I think the match Kazarian is a good uh, start. But like I said, it's just the framing of them that would not be. I don't know. And some of the the coverage is patronizing. Like, oh my god! Like the way people were jerking off over the match, it was like I was like, yeah, it was a good match. But then they were like, everyone needs to work like this, and I'm like, no, absolutely not fucking not. Are you kidding like, me? Yeah. So like, it's just like this is a style. And Edge got himself in trouble uh, earlier this week, saying all types of stuff about German suplexes and not selling and all this other stuff. And it's like. Oh, yeah, and it's like, like I, why can't you just? And it's just, funny just let everybody rock, man. Yeah, and just to, to pull the uh, the curtain back, like me and Josh ended up having like a multiple like message thing. Josh won. Josh Smith keeping the strong style about like a back and forth of people about about people know selling Germans or whatever else. And then ultimately at the end of it, we came to the conclusion. Oh yeah, that's something that like only five percent of people actually really do. Like people do delay sell. And we, you know, but like, we feel like, but what is, what is Edge really talking about? We don't think he's talking about the delayed sell. We're talking about like, just that in general is like, all right, get out of here, man. So, uh, at least that's my perspective. Josh may have a different perspective, but like, we, we end up coming to an agreement of like, nah, that's not, we, we meant like people just getting suplexed, just standing up, like nothing happened. <laughs> not even a scratch, like Mercutio and, uh, <laughs> fucking Romeo and Juliet. So, uh, or but a scratch, but yeah, um, I Christian, he'll be. They'll put. I'm sure they will set him up not to fail. He's a smart enough guy not to put himself in those kind of positions. Um. So yeah, like I feel like he's a. I feel like he's a really luxury, a really a luxury player. You might one day be able to get a big a, a title match out of him on TV or something. Um. I'm interested to see what they do with him around. You know, uh, the next pay per view in a few months. Um. And then we'll go from there. Yep. Uh, do you think the New Japan World Title design is being overhated? Oh, before we move on to that, but just but just for the record, like the the everyone needs to work like that is like no, no one needs to work. Not everyone needs to work like that. Like he had a three and three quarter star match. Like that's fine. Like you know how many of those Tam Nakano has had in the last like seven weeks? Just had like six of them. Like it's fine. Relax. Or four? No, I no, like, no, five. I like five. I like four point seven five myself. And, well, you know. well. I'm trying. I'm. I'm just saying. Like Tam has that many matches, as good as that fucking match that she just had, that he just had, that people are globbering over in like two uh, last two months. Like relax, just take it easy. I, I'm already kind of coming around on the um, New Japan World Title design. Spoiler alert: uh, Will Osprey defeated Kota Ibushi. Saw some pictures of Will with the belt holding it up, and mm-hmm. I thought it. I thought it looked right. 
Like, I mean, you know, and it, it, you might as well it, talk about Will win the belt a little bit. It seems as if they made they they made the belt for him and then put it on Obushi first, right? Yeah, Osprey. It has wings on the fucking design of the belt. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a. I guess there are a lot of people upset about Will win the belt. Um, I say screw them. Uh, I think the Empire is the, the best thing going in New Japan right now. They unveiled uh, Toa Hanare, who now goes by Aaron Hanare, completely repackaged. Looks like a fucking killer. I saw um, a picture of it, yeah. And, and you know the unit around him, they're all like big, strong wrestler guys, like Ocon mm-hmm. and Cobb, and um, now Hanare and Will being the champion is just like it's about fucking time. Like he's been the best wrestler in the world before. Like I like <laughs> maybe still like I, you know New Japan doesn't care about the stuff y'all care about. Like y'all just gotta get over that. Like I'm- either just don't watch. Like and I hate to say to say that hey you don't like like it don't watch. But like at this point, you know, you're asking them to care about some shit morally that they don't give a fuck about in that country. Uh, and also know. what what Will's also what Will's accused of, he like they keep lumping him in the same class as people that have like done way, way worse stuff. Yeah. So like, it, it just all gets muddy with him. Yeah. Um What he's alleged to have done sucks. Um and what Matt Riddle is accused of doing sucks. Matt Riddle's way fucking worse. Uh, like I don't want to do the, the the Olympics and judging contest on it, but like Osprey, if he had an office job or was a some type of let's say, like that's a job you get fired from. That's not a, that's not that's something you get fired from. That's not something you go to jail for. It still sucks though, um, but. Anyway, getting to him as a champion, um, it's weird for me because, like, that's not what I envisioned for him, like, let's say two years ago, if he were to have won the the IWGB heavyweight title, like, he would not have been a heel in this faction, um, but whatever, uh, you know, who knows how long this lasts, um, you know, first title reigns like the first time, heel champs, yeah, Yeah, uh, you know, you know, this just Abushi just lost the belt. Um, you know, in three They got months, all those stadium shows. They got Shingo and Okada circling him. Yeah. So Yeah, so. Um, we'll see. Um we'll see. Like I'm I mean, you ain't gotta worry about the matches. That's not that's not that's yeah. not gonna be a problem at all. So um I, I think I'm uh, I'm down with it. Um, also I saw people, I guess, like, see st- the Stormbreaker for the first time ever and complain about the move. I saw that, too. And I was like, well, one, what you're watching is in slow motion, so I don't know what to tell you. Also, and, have they seen the Hidden Blade? That's what I was about to say. And, like, his alternate move is when he runs, charges at you from behind at full speed and elbows the back of your head. So if you want a more believable move... We can do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what would be 
would be something. I can't say that with a bushy because a bushy just hits you with fucking knees or lands on you. I was say like, yeah, you know, this Bushi move doesn't look all that realistic. Like, okay, well, how about this move where he grabs both of your arms and then he well, he he sh- he shoves you towards him as he brings his knee up and like crashes his knee th- through your you. through your yeah, nasal all you and, all, yeah and brings your his brings your you nasal uh sorry. That's all you see is black afterwards. Right. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. Like you can make. I don't. I don't think it's some weak looking move. Like it's fine. Like he picks you up from a certain height and he drops you. I guess the complaint was that like the person spins as they land. I was like, do you think that makes the impact worse? Because like you know we have these things called power bombs and you kind of get dropped from the same height. Obviously there's no follow through, but like it's still the same idea. I drop you on the back of your head and your back from a certain height. Yep. Whatever. Um, you know wrestling physics. Says- yeah. Uh, Murray says, QT did the best turn of 2021, changed my mind, which is looks like a joke question, he said. Um, One even for funsies, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to think um, if there has been a better turn somewhere, but oh, my mind uh, me right now. A better turn? Adam Cole? But I mean, like, is it really a turn? Because, like, he was a heel for, like, two months. Or no more two months. We get my point. Like, yeah, he was a heel forever, and then he, <laughs> then he wasn't How because long did Will Hobbs turn. Um, I think that was last year. That might have been last year. Yeah, I think it was last year. Um, um, Scorpio Sky turned heel, and that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, um, I think, but I, I would say this was more of a event, the QT Marshall thing, just because of the amount of people involved, not necessarily because of the magnetism of it. Yeah. Um. Man, Eddie Kingston would have had a great turn had the ring blown up. <laughs> that would have been the one. It would have been. <laughs> yep. Um, so I think there was somebody that started answering Murray's questions, but whatever. Um, let's see. Oh, back to JML. He says, serious question. Do you think that New Japan is creatively bankrupt like Meltzer says? B, treading water because of the pandemic, and C, in the content business be- because of Bushiroad's purchase of stardom. Okay, so it can't be... I mean, it's somewhere in between. Like, it can't... Like, I don't think they're creatively bankrupt. Um, I don't either. Like, the Empire's too good of a concept, and Will's too good of a wrestler, and putting that, that belt on him, like, that tells me that, oh, okay, you recognize talent. This is not evil. Yeah. And... <laughs> Damn sure not, and um, it is definitely not C because like the counterfactual is like Stardom's not putting it putting that kind of doesn't have these issues like they're on they're kind of on maybe if they're not on all cylinders they're on most damn cylinders, um, and then um as far as the pandemic another counterfactual is Stardom like Stardom has the same pandemic problems and all that shit and had had to go away on hiatus the same around the same time they came back and. Hit the ground running with, with Tam and Julia. So, um, and Mayu's great title reign. So, like, I, you know. I, I think it's, it's just, just a transition time. It's, it's, these are the, the, okay, everyone, t- what's the, what's the joke, or what's the Nas line? Um, people talking labor pains, niggas, show me the baby. Like, well, this is what happens when you were trying to get a new crop of people up and running. Like, from Evil to Sonata to Will Ospreay as a main eventer to Kota Ibushi, um, and having to fill in the light, you know, paying off the lifetime contract stuff. Like, 
you know, this was this is what they did. Um, and I'm not saying that that is uh, that this is perfect because obviously fucking not. But you're you're not going to hit a hundred things out the park if you're trying to get up people that you're trying to turn people into stars that not, people don't immediately see as stars immediately. Like you don't look at evil and say, oh yeah, after you watch him last five, you can say, oh yeah, that's future IWGP heavyweight champion. You didn't, and then they made him champion. That's gonna hurt. Yep. They tried. It didn't work. Yep. Um, but I, I would not say they're creatively bankrupt, but uh I would start yeah. like, you know, you know, like uh they say a quarterback is like he's like in year thirteen, year year twelve, like I would be thinking about drafting mm-hmm. another quarterback uh, eventually, <laughs> so, like you know, just just to have on standby. So you know, for Rogers, the next couple uh, years, because Gato could be out of here. He's Aaron Rodgers a couple years yeah. ago. Um, yeah, so, Correct. like, I think the Ibushi thing this year was a lot of, like, well, it worked for Naito two years, or the year before, when it was like, oh, he failed and he gets in on, on some last chance shit. Um, and he took it to another extreme. But I think he didn't, I think that Gato didn't um, account for the fact that, like, Naito's a bigger deal than Ibushi is. Um, last question from JML. He says, what's the best looking title currently and your favorite title of all time? Hmm. I'm going to go with the AEW title, uh, world title currently. It's just like too too big, too many diamonds, too, many, uh, too much platinum and gold. And it's just like it looks great on whoever has it. Um, all time, it got to be Winged Eagle, uh, Bret Hart's title. Yeah, um, yeah, my favorite title of all time is a winged eagle. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I'm at a point where like any belt that looks good, I'm like, like for example, like I think the new IWGP belt looks good too, right? But like, I think the AEW belt looks better. But like, I'm roughly just like, all right, does it look good? Cool, and then go from there. Like, I don't think everything needs to be like I have. We have the best looking belt in, in wrestling. It's like cool like i think the the women's tag team titles in wwe are amazing yeah, yeah they're up there they're up there um but obviously they don't mean shit well yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. jesus um uh, yeah I, so yeah i, I mean the AEW. I like the old iw i like the iwgp title before they changed it i think we all did yeah i think we all did uh, and I think I know before they did the before they, I mean the fact I just think it's weird that like the bell only got two years of run. But whatever. Um yeah. it's, it's not a big deal. They replaced they replaced the belt that looked great with a belt that looks good or very good, whatever you want to call it. But like they took mm-hmm. a step backwards, but it's still a good looking belt. I think people freaked out because like um they I think the real thing that people need to freak out about is they like, getting rid of the lineage more than the, the way the belt looks. Yeah. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the big gold belt, like Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's obviously number one. Yeah, but over to over to Wing Eagle for me. But um, I think yeah, a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people like the um, the UK title um, out of the WWE belts. Um, uh huh. I, I think it's a little too gaudy for my taste, but in WWE, NXT but whatever. tag team titles or uh, the NXT UK tag team titles are really great. I'm drawing a They're blank. Circular. Like. They, they kind of re, they, re, they kind of remind me of the uh, uh, WCW tag team titles a little bit. 
Okay. Like the second ones. Okay. Um, I always like the the like the 1996 WCW tag team titles that Hall and Nash had originally. Uh, I always thought those were pretty pretty nice. Um, I think and, that I think that Ice Ribbon has some nice like the I think the I think it's the uh, uh, the triangle title. I forgot what it's called. Like there's some rules under mm-hmm. like thing. I forgot what it is, but like I've seen it. And it looks nice. Um, that's one to mention out of Joshi. Um, I would probably say um, Lucha, Lucha Underground's Gift of the Gods title uh, looks kind of similar to um, the AEW title, but it has like columns. But it, it shares a similar shape, but it's like columns, I believe. Okay. Um, there's also uh, I I remember I was sent me and Josh were sending. Um, different um, champions belts back and forth look up Jim Londos's championship and it's like just all these little squares and these little like small like this little small belt buckle it's fucking hilarious um, so that that's a tr- I'll, I'll send a tweet out with it uh, just to show you guys if you want to t- uh, check it out but um yeah man those are all the questions um yeah so be sure to go to Red Circle and check out our donation page. Um, and Rich actually, you know, as he mentioned earlier in the show, at the beginning of the show, he has a lot of music that he's been putting out, a lot of stuff he's been working on. So, Rich, uh, where do you want to tell people to uh, to uh, go to check it out? Um, just load up Spotify. Um, new original music's coming out every Friday for um, probably the foreseeable future. I'm talking like 20 weeks. Uh, I I, I just noticed I had that much built up, and then there's also going to be uh, a mixtape coming out, uh, Time Travel 2. I kind of said I wouldn't do another Time Travel before. I just do, you know, put freestyles on the page, but kind of got the bug, and I, I am going to do Time Travel 2, No Raps Left Behind, so or No Beats Left Behind, my bad. Um, you, know, you know, Time Travel 2, Journey Through Time, kicking around different things but uh when i tell you like i'm going off like and just coming up with with just fire shit samples beats um not not a game not kidding on another level uh than what i've been you know working on recently like it's a major step up all right then um yeah hopefully i get one of james's beats and and, and get it going shit The, the editor might edit some this this whole conversation out. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, check us out at prowrestlingtees.com slash suplex. We have gear there. Um, and check out the other shows on the network. Uh, we got to get that olds on top uh, shirt up there. <laughs> Jeremy, if you're listening, hit up Zach. <laughs> Zach has this design olds on top dedicated oh, to all the God. olds in wrestling prospering this year, like KG Muto and Goldberg and several other motherfuckers like sting um christian like <laughs> edge was on top edge randy orton um, I, I was telling dan i was like man you know after this COVID stuff i was like i want to be an old on top like <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah and uh listen to other shows on network um keep it a strong style the ricky and clyde wrestling podcast groman washes shit uh the Great Consequences Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, and Great Match Generator, along with this show, obviously, 1-H Radio. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.